Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., doing good. Uh, the Yankees back in action tonight. Uh, and then they start a huge series against the Red Sox uh, on Tuesday, today, actually, for you guys who were listening to this, uh, big, big doubleheader. Uh, so, yeah, the Yankees had a little bit of a weird stretch here where uh, it's three teams in three days. And I know the Red Sox had the pleasure of doing that earlier in the year, but Yankees play the White Sox Sunday, Angels in a makeup game today, and then they got the doubleheader against Boston tomorrow. But I'm good. I'm doing good. Um, interesting enough, we've got quite a few uh, games to live react to here. As we go through this, we are recording at about 1130 Eastern, meaning we are just watching the Indians and the Twins go into extras tied 4-4. The Mets are also currently leading the Giants. In Mets the middle just game. took the lead. Just took the lead. Yes. So... Those will certainly be things to update and react to as we go. But let's get into some of our main stories here, starting with, of course, Brandon. The New York Yankees had a big return today. They sure did, as 
ace Garrett Cole returns from the COVID IL in what seems like the longest two weeks ever. He comes out and allows a home run in the first inning to Justin Upton, but after that, settles in and pitches phenomenally. Five and two-thirds, two hits, one earned run, one walk, nine strikeouts. He gets the win. He's now 11-6 and on the year. The Yankees get a clutch home run from Joey Gallo to uh, break the tie uh, in the bottom of the first, and that was all they needed. All the scoring comes in the first there. Yankees get a huge uh, victory. They, uh, I wanted to say this on the show last night, but I forgot. The Yankees have won 11 of their last 12 series. They uh, have also the best record in the league since July. They're playing great baseball right now. And uh, the starting pitchers for the for the uh, Yankees Red Sox doubleheader just came out for tomorrow. LJ, you have uh, interest in that, I'm sure. Yeah, I had been hearing them projected for a while. You know, I don't know. Some, I, I, I tend to struggle to keep focused and remember what the schedule actually is. So they said a doubleheader on Tuesday with how can Evaldi? And I'm like, oh, great. That should be fun. Should be a good spot to keep this momentum going. Completely forgetting it was the Yankees. But look, these are two... Actually, this entire series could be interesting, pitching-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially with who the Yankees have going. They have Jordan Montgomery uh, going in game one against Tanner Houck, and then Luis Gil in game two against Nathan Avaldi. I'm going to assume that this is going to be a split. Uh, and I believe that this starts very early. Uh, it, the game one is at 105. Yes. So uh, not very early, but a day night doubleheader, uh, traditional, but of course, seven innings. But yeah, I, I'm excited. Uh, nice to see the Yankees get this win against the Angels. And uh, yeah, huge, huge series coming up. Of course, we're three and 10 against the Red Sox this year. A sweep would put us in front of the Red Sox and into a wild card spot, which is absolute best case scenario. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it's certainly going to be. It's interesting as for the Red Sox perspective. The first game of this, I mean, it's really no surprise, but the first game of this series is going to decide all of the momentum. I mean, you look at it, Tanner Houck has pitched absolutely great, has the stuff there, hasn't necessarily gotten the consistent time. So I don't think you can fully 120% trust him. I believe a lot in him, but you're putting him up against Jordan Montgomery and Jordan Montgomery's best season of his career. So that in itself is going to be quite the challenge. But past that, those are all very winnable pitching matchups for the Red Sox. So if they can take that first game, I think this could be a really good series for them. Well, LJ, our second story that we want to talk about tonight uh, comes from LA, and that is that Cole Hamels 
will be out for the season with a shoulder injury. Uh, of course, he recently signed with the, the Dodgers and uh, they plan to uh, have him make his debut sometime in September. And he felt uh, a little bit of shoulder pain during a recently uh, simulated game that he was pitching. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what this shoulder issue is, but uh, 60 day IL means that he is uh, done for the season. Look, I mean, realistically, I think this is the best thing for them to have done. Granted, we'll talk the money in a minute, but you've got an older guy that you're kind of taking a risk on, taking a chance on, really hoping it would possibly turn out well for you. And then when it looked like his timetable for return was going to be later than the beginning of September, there's no reason for him to be on that roster. I'm sorry. Cole Hamels, Cole Hamels can be great. That is what it is. He could be great if he came back. Perhaps. We don't know. But the fact of the matter is the rest of that rotation will be healthy enough and moving on without him by the time he would have been able to get back, even if he could potentially return this season. So moving him to the 60-day IL, getting that 40-man roster spot, it just makes the, the most sense for the team. It's just, I find it incredibly amusing because... I mean, for those of you who had been following, I remember myself being pretty opposed to this deal, not making a lot of sense because realistically, even by the beginning of September, this whole rotation should be straightened, it's, have straightened itself out. And I don't think that Jake Arrieta, or no, not Jake Arrieta, Cole Hamels would really be that much of an impact for the team. So it just felt like an unnecessary luxury that they were just adding ridiculous depth for no real rhyme or reason. And now his tenure in LA, his, the Cole Hamels era in a Los Angeles Dodgers uniform has come to an end before it even began. And there's a chance that they could spend millions on this guy, not just a million millions on this guy for th- 60 days of doing absolutely nothing on their roster because you think they've got his million dollars that he's owed this year contractually. And then, I mean, maybe they won't do it. I I would have to assume they would seeing he would technically be a 40 man roster guy, even though he's technically not on it. He's a major league player. If they win the world series, there's a chance he ends up with a ring. Perhaps. They've given, they've given it rings to guys for a lot less. So there is a, there is certainly a potential scenario. I'm sure where, he would get a ring. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's on their major league payroll. So why not? You've poured, so you've then poured at least multiple millions of dollars into a guy who was a giant risk coming in. You then spend that money for him to throw one simulated game and get hurt in an inning. So overall, not the brightest move. No, not the brightest move and a live update here. The Giants just took the lead back from the Mets four to three, thanks to a Chris Bryant two run home run, his second with the Giants. But yeah, LJ, you know, I agree about Cole Hamels. Uh, 
we saw, I mean, I think me and you both were a bit surprised when they signed him and we were like, do they really need him? Like what's, how, how many innings is this guy really going to pitch for the, for the Dodgers? And it sucks that he got hurt, but they have his, his million dollars. Also LJ, the, the thing I didn't even think about until just now Yes, they're they have to pay him one one million dollars because that's what he's owed. But also they're over the luxury tax, which means oh that, no, which means which means that money gets taxed too. So they're paying even more on that money. Yeah, I mean they're they're at about two hundred and seventy-five million dollars right now of payroll. So they're about seventy-five or no, they're about sixty-five million over the first tax threshold 45 million over the second tax threshold and 25 million over the third tax threshold so yeah and we're going to assume that they're going to stay over it next season as well uh which would mean that they're going to have to pay a lot (laughs) yeah exactly i mean there's really again you'd have to if you're them to be so careless with the amount of money you're going over the luxury tax by you have to be committed to being over the luxury tax for the long haul right because there's a lot of teams that are willing to go over for a year or two and then settle back down so they don't go that far over but they're just spending willy-nilly which if you all of a sudden decide you have to get back down no ifs ands or buts that can be potentially disastrous for any team because the guys with the biggest pay paychecks are going to usually end up being your best players. And then all of a sudden you get stuck into that middle hellhole waiting area where you're not a playoff team in the MLB or in say basketball, you'd be like a seven or eight seed each year, but you're not good enough to actually get top prospects in the draft. So it's like, you know, it's kind of that purgatory of baseball that you can very quickly find yourself in. If you move too many of your, top guys for payroll relief no i agree uh, i absolutely agree but similar to milan in uh, soccer this year for our little cross cross sport act activity of the day can't say that a lot of people will get that reference but uh someone out there does i hope <laughs> Well, LJ, this this next thing we want to talk about, we're staying on the West Coast as Jake Arrieta, who was was recently cut by the Cubs, uh, has been signed by the San Diego Padres, who are just doing everything in their power to just get as many pitchers as possible, I guess. Like, LJ, what? where are they going to put all these guys? Because they have so many pitchers that are on the IL that are coming back like relatively soon or next year. And you're signing Jake Arrieta. Once again, I question where is this guy going to pitch? If he's pitched terrible this year, he's not been good. Jake Arrieta is Cole Hamels 2.0. Let's start there. Like that is terrible comparison. He's worse than Cole Hamels right now. Well, right now, Cole Hamels uh, 
arm is hanging a little bit limp off of his body. So, no, no, no. Like, all right. So, like, let's go a few, a few, uh, a few weeks ago before this happened. I would say his value, Cole Hamill's value to a team, as he had not pitched a full start in two years and wasn't that good when he was before that point, I would say his value should have been comparable to Jake Arrieta's right now where he has been pitching, but he's been pitching horrible. Neither of them have anything left in the tank. I will disagree just for the fact that Cole Hamels had like a three war in 2019 with the Cubs and yeah, he was 35. Jake Arrieta can't even like in the well, I should say the reason why Cole Hamels hasn't made a start in two years, I don't think is because of his ability, but more because of his inability to stay healthy. Exactly. Jake Arrieta has stayed healthy and, and just pitched bad. He is, he's been a negative impact. He has a negative 2.1 war this year. Do people in the Padres front office like not see that? Like I get they have their own war calculation and they're not sitting here on the Jake Arrieta baseball reference page, but do they not realize that this guy has been a major negative impact to his team this year? Well, going back to Cole Hamels, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive, not having anything left in the tank and not being able to stay healthy. Because at that age, if you start getting these injuries that keep you off the field for extended periods of time, that is almost always what happens. Like, you don't see guys who start getting hurt and aren't pitching for long periods of time in their upper 30s or 40s you don't see those guys coming at back and making great impacts the point i'm trying to make is if you were to actually try to bring in either of these guys you should be damn near desperate in my book if you're to bring them in especially because um i'm not sure who else is left on that free agent market but Here's a friendly reminder that former Cy Young winner Rick Porcello currently does not have a team. Well, I just want to remind people of that. He also, uh, in 2020, uh, went 1-7 and almost allowed and, – and just, just not good, LJ. No, no, no. I know he wasn't good. And I, I know he hadn't been good. But, again – you're, you're telling me he isn't on par with a Jake Arietta type. You're telling me he well, has. Porcello's has only 32. He's only 32. Jake Arietta is. Yeah, but yeah, but if you're if you're looking if you're looking for production right now and you don't care about signing him for more than one year, reasonably the Padres, as they bring in Jake Arietta, are looking for a starter for the next three weeks, right? Yeah. So. I, I struggle to see, at least, again, they may have looked at him. Who knows? But I think the point I'm trying to make here is there are probably other guys out there on the free agent market that are as much of an impact player or possibly more if they've taken a look on him than Jake Arrieta. He is a non-factor to this, to this team, always was, and again, will it really matter? Because I mean, 
there's only a few things that matter that are always true in life. Death, taxes, and the Padres losing to the Rockies. Yeah. Like, there's only so many times they can lose to the Rockies in a season and still expect to make it out of this division and get into the wild card, right? No, yeah, you are absolutely right. Uh, the Twins currently have first and third with no outs in the bottom of the 10th. Uh, they brought in... Who is that just pitching for them? What can I see? They brought in Caleb Fieldbar, and he pitched a clean top of the 10th, struck out two Indians. So we'll keep you updated on that as right now Max Kepler hits for the Twins. But, uh, yeah, LJ, shall we get on to our, to our next subject? Yeah. All right. Uh, this next subject is a bit serious, and uh, there will be a few disturbing topics maybe talked about. So, uh, Brandon's basically trying to say this is a trigger warning, yes. Um, Trevor Bauer, more news on him. We found out, uh, according to a Washington Post report, that he was the subject of a temporary civil stalking protection order sought and granted to an Ohio woman in June of 2020. This is completely unrelated to the incident that he is currently under administrative leave for, for the, um, uh, by the MLB right now. This incident, uh, so uh, this is all according to the Washington Post. Their report says, quote, an Ohio woman sought the order in June 2020 after repeated threats from the then Cincinnati Reds pitcher. According to her lawyer and records separately obtained by the Post. Photographs independently obtained by the Post also show us, show us bruises on the woman's face and blood in her eyes, which her attorney said was caused by, by Bauer punching and choking her during sex without consent. These allegations are similar to ones made by a woman in Los Angeles this summer when she applied for a temporary restraining order. Uh, the Post also reports a details of an alleged incident from 2017 when Trevor Bauer was on the Indians. Uh, this elaborates that a police report was obtained by the Washington Post in 2017, uh, and there was an incident at Trevor Bauer's apartment uh, the same Ohio woman attempted to show officers photos of injuries to her eyes that she said were caused by, by Bauer, who played for the Indians at the time. The woman's attorney told the Post she specified to police those injuries were the alleged result of uh, him choking her without consent during sex. Essentially, this is a lot of the same thing. Uh, there's also a potential report that uh, this something like this could have happened in 2018 as well. Like this is just more and more reports are coming out. The fact that the, the Washington Post was able to come out with this report was no, well, not that, that, that they are able to. I mean, they're able to report whatever news they want to. The fact that it comes out now is not good for Trevor Bauer. And LJ, I'm not sure if you saw, Trevor Bauer broke his silence on his Twitter 
addressing the allegations uh his statement says that they uh basically long story short that the allegations are quote category categorically false lj i guess the question is because me and you have already agreed that we're gonna not see trevor bauer through the end of this year the that that administrative leave will keep getting ext- extended what is next for this guy? Because we know how long these investigations take. Now that we have more than one incident that we have to deal with and the MLB has to thoroughly investigate, it could be a long time until he's able to actually step back out on the field. And then that's not even talking about suspensions, appealing those suspensions, like all that whole process as well, possibly a trial for if, if any of these incidents get taken further. I mean, there's, he's in some not good waters right now. Look, I'm trying to find the way, the best way to word this. I certainly don't think that a lot a lot of things should be the end of someone's career, but this certainly could be. Now, this he we certainly hundred percent we could see Trevor Bauer back in a major league uniform, but based on these reports, if half the things that are in these reports are true, and end up being as or not even just true, but or at least as as written then regardless of suspension, regardless of appeals, regardless of investigation, this man probably does need a little bit of help before he's even before he even should be focusing on getting back out of the field. Look, I'm going to pivot this to another question, not as much Trevor Bauer-based, but I think just as, just as important as we start to have more and more of these types of things happening in sports, we see also a lot of these things. I mean, the other one that's come to mind of late was Deshaun is Deshaun Watson. Mm, yeah. So they've dragged on this investigation as long as humanly possible. Keep delaying it. Keep delaying it. This is a guy who won the Cy Young last year, so this certainly isn't a nobody that they're working with. People. People are attached to the story. There's a lot of Trevor Bauer fans. There's a lot of people that like him, hate him, are Dodgers fans and want to see him do well because of that. There are a lot of people that want to know what's going on and want answers. And so to have such a tight-lipped investigation process by the MLB with really no communication outside of it, it starts to bring into in these types of situations where the post is going out and starting to do their own investigative reporting. According to Trevor Bauer, they've reached out to dozens of female acquaintances and friends of his that they, they presumed could have had a romantic relationship with him in order to see if anything similar had happened. So, you know, and I'm not blaming them. They're doing the right thing. They're going out and getting answers. However, I I think we're starting to see the margin of error for the MLB in what they decide with this investigation becoming increasingly small and how they're handling it becoming a very tight window for us to say it's being handled appropriately purely because they've 
it's not that they should have necessarily control of the narrative, but. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. They certainly have not acted like they know what they're doing fully. Like, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and think they're, they're carefully weighing all their options and seeing what's going on. But it's starting to get into a situation, into an instance where other people are starting to step in and not take the matters into their own hands, but look into things themselves and are doing so at a very high level. So, I mean, I, I think we're in a territory where we really have to see an answer from the MLB soon, and it has to be a thorough one for this league to look good. If not, this is just going to be another stain on the league, league management, the commissioner, in their overall ability to handle these situations. I'll say one last thing, and then we can move on to a brighter topic, somewhat brighter topic uh with the way that we've seen sexual assault handled, like like these kind of cases handled just across the world the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, it gets taken so much more serious now. I mean, Zach Britton on the Yankees, uh, of course, Domingo Herman or Aldis Chapman both had allegations for stuff uh, pertaining to assault. Zach Britton said, like, I'm not really comfortable like, with those guys on my team. Like, and he was able to get over it, but play, like, how do you think some, some players feel about it who like they go home to their wife at home and they know that this is like what allegedly Trevor Bauer is doing to the women that he's seeing. Like it's, it would probably make you feel a bit uneasy and for him to possibly return to the Dodgers or return to any team, especially with guys that he's been teammates with prior to this, I would have to imagine it would be a bit awkward, especially considering that Trevor Bauer was certainly not the most popular, uh, outgoing, you know, upright individual to begin with. Well, I will say I do not ever see a return to the Los Angeles Dodgers for Trevor Bauer. I don't. The team has already said that they don't really want him there. And I can understand that because another part that you were almost to and didn't exactly touch on is the fact that there's a team aspect to this. With a team aspect comes a family aspect. And 
you look at some of these teams, particularly all of a lot of the former players who are willing to talk and open up about their career and all the things that happened in it, a very central theme is how close they are with other players and how close they are with their families. And so I don't understand, I don't see a scenario where you can, especially if you've already been a teammate with him and you've been a teammate with him right now, I don't see a scenario where you necessarily can do a family type event or bring your family around and necessarily feel comfortable. Like just, just thinking about that, knowing that in the back of your mind, if he's going to return to the MLB, it will take a lot of healing for himself personally and for his image before he would ever be able to step back out on a mound. If he, if he were to ever return to the mound, he would have to clearly have proved it to the world that he is ready, he is capable. Totally agree. But our next segment, uh, I made this impromptu because uh, a couple segments ago as I was scrolling through a news break, I saw this. LJ, uh, a bit of news coming from the Boston Red Sox. I'm sure you're well aware of this. The Red Sox announced they have released utility man Marwin Gonzalez. That was the expected outcome after they DFA'd him last week. The Red Sox officially add waiver claim Travis Shaw to the active roster option. Franchi Cordero and Connor Wong to AAA Worcester. LJ, I think uh, the Marwin Gonzalez experiment uh, is well over. Uh, a career worst batting average on base percentage and slugging percentage with you guys. But one of his two home runs landed within five feet of us. So, I mean, pretty cool. <laughs> it is. Look, regardless of the offensive numbers, I cannot say that Marwin Gonzalez is necessarily a bad player because he does have quite a bit of defensive value. And Which the then gets taken all away by his offense. The versatility is also a good thing, but it just doesn't make sense for this roster now, especially as you start to see guys, either guys that they need to or want to give opportunity to, like a Jerry Duran or other very valuable players that are able to cover multiple positions, if they do this right, there's no real need for that super utility guy in Marwin who can play five positions because they have a bunch of guys who can play two to three and play two to three at a very high level. The mayor's back, first off, very excited about that. This is one of those, you know, childhood, uh, players that you get to see return the mayor of ding dong city hasn't been back since he was traded to milwaukee for tyler thornburg as one of dave dombrowski's great bullpen achievements back in the day anyway yeah no it's been pretty interesting to see all of the coverage around that great player first baseman third baseman we have duran who, who plays a fantastic center and we really want to get time in which means Kike, of course, who has to have his bat in the lineup. Actually, I'll pull up some stats on him that I saw earlier. 
to just show how great a back half of this year he's had. He certainly can't not be in the lineup. So you needed to fill in, fill up some extra time and innings on the field for him. So there really was there was no reason to have him. Every every spot that Marwin played of value, we have have covered in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, the Kike thing, he leads uh, since June twenty seventh. He leads the AL with a four oh eight on base percentage, and in the forty two games during that time, he has hit two ninety seven with a nine seventy eight OPS while leading the Red Sox in hits, runs, walks, extra base hits, and total bases. He, is, he has been on fire for the last month. So there, there's no way you can develop Duran and keep, keep everybody in the lineup with him around. Yeah, and uh, I think that it's important to note that Marwin Marwin Gonzalez, if you go on to sign steal sign stealing scandal.com, uh, Marwin Gonzalez got the most correct bang percentage out of any actually, excuse me, he got the most total bangs out of any Astros player in 2017. And I'm not sure if you guys uh have seen, but his best year ever hitting was in 2017. If you take a look at his home road splits in 2017, he actually hit better on the road, but there's been a theory circle circulized circled around circulized circulating circulating. There we go. Um, That the Astros were also employing the system on the road as well. And, just that wouldn't surprise me, but he has his best ever season the year that they get caught cheating. And it turns out that he had the most total bangs out of any player on the team uh, with George Springer being a close second. So, all right, look, I've been citing that fact all the way since the off season, you can go back and listen to those shows. So yeah, I mean, I always had this in the back of my head, but with that being said, this is still a dramatic decline from his median year offensively. Yeah, uh, it's a dramatic decline from basically what he's done the last, like even if you just take his 2018 through 2020 numbers, he's still like an okay hitter. But what do you, I mean, I mean this year, yeah. You just can't have a 567 OPS and be in and have over 270 plate appearances. That just can't happen. No. Um, as for back to Travis Shaw, funny little story, of course. Alex Cora is very happy to have him around, but has a, has openly admitted he feels a little old. Brandon, Alex Cora played with his father in LA. Travis Shaw is only on like his seventh year in the bigs. Did you know that? <laughs> That's crazy to me. But yeah, uh, that that doesn't, you know, Alex Cora, uh, for, for for as much as he seems old, like he 
was playing in the league not that long ago. No. And so was like guys like Aaron Boone and uh, just uh, Craig Council, you know, all these guys like were, were very, very recently players. Like at least the game that I can remember growing up. Uh, yeah. Oh, one other story real quick, because we're actually not that bad on time right now. Uh, the Yankees announced today in a press conference prior to the game that Clint Frazier could potentially uh, be done with baseball for for good. Uh, apparently, this vertigo issue that came up this year could be very serious vision issues that would leave him out of the game permanently. Uh, I certainly hope that that's not the issue, but wow, what a, what a turn of events the Clint Frazier saga would take if that's, if if this turns out to be, to be true. I wouldn't be surprised if it's true. I mean, this isn't the first time that, a baseball player has gotten vertigo and every single time we see significant not only reductions at the plate but just all around of ability to move ability to play the game as they normally would is certainly hindered i mean it doesn't help it doesn't help that you see three balls as, you, as they come to the plate but like and I mean, it and and like for when it comes out of the pitcher's hand, it looks it looks closer to you than when it's actually coming at you because you have such a screwed up depth perception. And when you're trying to catch a fly ball, you think it's like it's like when LeBron said he was seeing three rims and he just shot at the middle one. Like you see three balls, you just you just have to catch the middle one. It's 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 crazy. It's scary. And I mean, we're looking at it. Vertigo has, right? Yeah, I guess you've broken all stars in the past. Like to the point where they just were not, they weren't the same hitter and they weren't the same hitter for a, a couple of year, a year at least, year, year and a half, two years sometimes it'll take to adjust from this and get back into the swing of things like you were before or even to a fraction of what you were before. And that's assuming that you ever really fully kick and kick these, this type of thing enough during your playing days to be able to return. So I would feel awful if it was that, if that was the case for Frazier, but at the same time, not surprised. All right. Uh, next up, I covered this a little bit on my episode that I did just a few days ago, but the Giants signed Brandon Crawford to a two-year, $32 million extension that will uh, start next year. He'll make $16 million in each season. Uh, he'll be 35 in January, and uh, I love this deal. The Giants are keeping around one of their franchise players who – has been excellent this year and they're getting him at a pretty good price for the, the value that he's brought to them. Yeah. Look, I think 
this is incredibly smart because there's two ways that the Giants should play this after this season. One, of course, is get everybody back and try to see if you can make another run with this group. Whether that can be done, we're not 100% sure based on the age of this roster whether this is more of a one, more than a one-year thing. But if that's the, the strategy that they're able to employ, then the first thing I'd be doing if I was a general manager is I would want to get as many of these, especially the veterans, especially the position players, back and under contract before the season ends as possible because there's going to be some big ticket items from your team that you won't be able to get in the during in the season. You're not going to be able to get them to commit to a contract during the season. They're going to want to see the open market, namely Kevin Gosman, Chris Bryant, guys like that. You're not going to necessarily get them to allow themselves to be locked up with a month left to go in the season. They'd much rather wait till November, sign a big deal with the best offer, even if the best offer is you. So my point being, you don't want to have everybody in that position. You got to lock down as many as you can. You can't just wait to see how that market goes. The other option is if you're not able to get a whole bunch of those guys back, there's no real shame in continuing this reload. I mean, I think we were all realistically saw these last couple of years as the Giants trying to acquire talent in different ways to overall be able to get younger and move towards what ends up being this very successful season. They could have a few more years of that in the future after this. So it wouldn't shock me also if that happened. So if that's the case, why not let some guys ride off into the sunset with you, namely the main franchise pieces that have been so good to you, that have won with you, the vital pieces like a Brandon Crawford should be able to stay around if they want them to, if and they want to. So overall, I don't see I don't see a lose to this situation. Yeah, uh, Brandon Crawford is that one guy that I feel like if I saw him in a jersey that wasn't the Giants, I would just like cringe. Like no, like he's a, he's a Giants player. I. Anytime I think of Brandon Crawford, I just think of him with that, like, cream with the black and orange jersey. Like, that's 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 Brandon Crawford for you. He's going to be there at shortstop. It's awesome that he's having his best ever hitting season this year by a mile. I mean, he had never even been over an 800 OPS prior to this year, and he's sitting at 900 right now. Makes his first all-star game since 2018. Uh, he's probably going to be over six war. You know, we, we talk about NL MVP guys, Brandon Crawford certainly needs to be up there in the conversation for top 10. Uh, and this is just a guy who has quietly gone about his 11 seasons and put up almost 30 war total. I mean, for a career, 30 war is really, really impressive. That puts you as one of the better players to really ever play the game. And uh, also, according to to his baseball reference page, he is a brother-in-law of Garrett Cole. So 
Very cool indeed. But yeah, this that this extension should make him a one franchise player, which uh, you don't see very often. Yeah. All right. We got one more segment before we wrap up here. And that is really, I mean, I think we're running out of words to describe what he's been doing this year and this back half of the year. So the best way to do this is just a congratulations real quick to Joey Votto, who had hit number 2000 tonight in Cincinnati's game. Not only did he become the sixth red to get 2,000 hits in his career, but he became the second player in MLB history to get his 2,000th hit, 300th home run, and 1,000th RBI all in the same year. That's pretty impressive because that means you need to like stay on a certain pace for all those stats pretty much every year. And then all of a sudden you have to then go out in that season and get, you know, break all of those. Uh, and he's having his best hitting season since uh, 2018. So look really good for Joey Votto sucks that he didn't make the all-star game, but uh I just love watching this guy hit. I mean, he has such a command at the plate. He's almost up at a 400 on base percentage. Let me check his first and second half splits. All right. That's where I was going right now, actually. So first half, he slashed 257, 347, 463 for an 810 OPS. LJ, 810 OPS is pretty good. Yeah. Second half, slash 324, 421, 800 for a 1.221 OPS. Uh, 18 home runs, or excuse me, 15 home runs in 28 games. And that's not even counting what he did today. And for reference, he had 11 homers in 60 games. So in less than half the time he has already surpassed his home runs from the first half. He's almost to his RBI total from the first half, which was very impressive, partially because of how good the offense is around him. Brandon, he's already at 75 RBIs this year. Certainly makes him well in play for another 100 RBI season here. Yeah, and, you know, looking at his stats – I'm surprised that he's played seasons with 140 games and he only had 47 RBIs. Like that is mm. shocking to me that he's had over 600 plate appearances in that few RBIs. Like, I guess what he hit second most of his career, but still, I mean, he's had a few years over a hundred RBIs. He could very well do it again this year. I think, a big thing with RBIs, though, is you need to have good hitters in your lineup other than yourself. Yeah. Which That's the, Reds the, thing, the Reds haven't always been world beaters in the Joey Votto era. No. Well, thank God they got Nick Castellanos and uh, Jesse Winker, Jonathan India this year. You know, LJ, for a team that had an atrocious offense last year, they're, they're very serviceable now, which just doesn't make any sense to me. They, 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 they went from one of the best pitching teams in the league with one of the worst offenses scoring zero runs in the wild card playoff series 
to now being all offense and can't pitch. Brandon, I don't think serviceable does them justice. They're the sixth best offense in the league. Like, that is very good. They are. They have some spots in this lineup that are absolutely loaded. And a great part about that is when you have maybe five, let's call it five spots in this lineup that you have absolute studs in there offensively, then that gives you clear holes and clear needs that are much more directly filled than say pitching because you can i feel like you can figure out exactly what you're going to be getting out of a middle of the pack first baseman than you do from a middle innings reliever in free agency yeah no i i agree with you uh it's it's just really interesting to see this whole change so drastic you know I guess 2020 was a small sample size and had the season played out uh the entire time uh sure I'm sure a lot would have been would have been different but uh yeah good for the Reds to really hit on some of these guys and get that internal improvement which is so important uh you know, they, they signed Nick Castellanos prior to 2020. They were hoping that he would have a good year. Uh, he didn't last year. This year, much, much better. Same goes for Jonathan India, who they who they drafted. They puts on a show in uh, spring training, is able to make the roster, has potential to win rookie of the year. Jesse Winker, a guy who always kind of, like you could tell, had the tools to be a good hitter with the – uh, just his entire career, but has really put it together now. And a career 128 OPS and a little over 400 games is very impressive as well. So they they certainly got something going here. Uh, you know, and we got to see what they do in the offseason because they're usually not one to be very splashy with their moves, but uh, I'm sure they can they can work something out. But I believe that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. And, yeah, uh, be sure to play the trivia game on our Twitter, and we will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.